0: Good morning, everyone. Today is Tuesday, January twelfth. It is a sunny but cold day in North Texas, and I hope wherever you may be, that you are warm and that uh, you are doing well and doing and uh, and being safe and uh, taking good care of yourself. I thank you for joining me today again, Tuesday, January twelfth. Today we are looking at a very important theme of Scripture. Forgiveness. We are looking at forgiveness. What does uh, what does the Bible say about forgiveness? What does it mean to forgive? How can we forgive? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Have some folks joining us live, and thank you for being here, uh, Jackie, Patty, and D. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, great to have you here. Uh, uh, COVID vaccination day. Are oh, getting vaccinated today? Very cool. Awesome. 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 Uh, So, okay, forgiveness. Let's talk about forgiveness. One of the most difficult things in life is to forgive. It is difficult to forgive. Others hurt us by things they say, by things they do, and it causes us a great deal of pain. And so we carry that pain around. Uh, It's difficult to let go, it's difficult to. to forgive, it's difficult to move on, be, uh, it's difficult to trust. And so we carry that pain around. And So everything about forgiveness is hard. Instead, the easy thing to do is just to say to that person, or to even not say to them, but just to kind of say, you know, it's we are no longer going to be in a relationship. We're no longer going to be friends. We're no longer going to be family members. It's just over. This relationship is over. We don't need to, I don't need it anymore. It's not doing me any good, and so it's just over. And so that's that's the, you know, kind of what, what happens when we don't forgive someone. Uh, and so we choose to say that I it, because of the pain you caused me, because of the pain I'm holding on to, I am not able to be in relationship with you anymore. Uh, but the Bible does talk about relationship and, uh, and uh, forgiveness and how that can reconcile relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Good morning, Julie, Ted, and Gary. Uh, Gary, uh, what what'd you do last night? Did you do anything special? Gary's our uh, youth director at Abiding Grace and a uh, big uh, Alabama football fan, and apparently Alabama won some kind of game last night. So congratulations. Uh, glad your team won. So, Okay, forgiveness. Biblically... What is forgiveness? When we think about forgiveness, we often think uh, that that we are pardoning someone, right? That we are saying, that terrible thing you did, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm over it, right? It's okay, right? So I'm pardoning you for this mistake that you made. I'm, you know, whatever. We're moving on. You know, I'm showing mercy, right? But that's really not what the Bible means when the Bible uses the word forgiveness. The, the, the Greek word that we translate as forgiveness actually means to send away, to let go, or to keep no longer. To let go. To let go. Uh, it's not saying that the wrong doesn't matter. It's not saying that, you know, it's something that we can just forget happened. Um, it means that we are letting go of the pain that it caused us. We are letting go of the anger and the frustration and the hurt that we've been carrying around. And so we have to ask the question, who is forgiveness for? When we say that we are going to forgive, who are we doing a favor for? Mr. Rogers referred to forgiveness as a gift. Who are we giving the gift to? Well, there's two, there's two possible answers, right? That we could say that we are giving it to the other person, right? I'm giving you this gift, this pardon, I'm giving you this pardon. I'm saying we're moving on. It's over. It's in the past. It's ancient history. We're going to forget that it happened. That is a gift that I would be giving to someone else, right? Or if I understood as I'm letting go of pain, letting go of anger, letting go of frustration, that's a gift I'm giving to myself because I am letting go of the baggage that I am carrying around. So forgiveness then, The biblical understanding of forgiveness is not me giving you a gift. It's not me saying to you, it's okay, don't worry about it, we're just going to move on. It's about me saying, I am sick and tired of carrying this around. I'm sick and tired of carrying around this pain, of carrying around this anger. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to allow myself to begin the process of healing, of healing. So then forgiveness isn't so much what I'm going to do for you, it's what I'm going to do for myself. I mean you could you could honestly say that forgiveness is kind of a selfish act, right? Because it's helping ourselves process and let go of the baggage that we carry around, of the emotional stuff that we carry around, right? The the all the pain of our past. And so we're letting that go. Now the, we don't. You can't let it go. I, I just decide. You know, I'm gonna let it go now, right? Like a balloon, like a balloon with helium. Okay, I've carried this around long enough, and now, boom, there it goes. It's floating away. No, it's like peeling an onion. You let it go one layer at a time. You let it go one layer at a time. But but eventually. If you let it, if you do the work of forgiveness, if you do the work of letting it go one layer at a time of thinking it through and, and releasing it and through prayer and through asking God to take it from you, if you can't let it go, eventually that the, the onion gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And so then we eventually one day, well, the forgiveness is a process. It's not a decision. It's not something you say one day, well, I'm going to forgive and then it's going to be over. No, you, you, you work towards it. You work towards letting it go. You work towards letting it go. So we are going to take a look at two Bible passages today that talk about forgiveness. Uh, The first is Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. You may have heard it before. It is otherwise known as the parable of the prodigal son. Jesus tells a story about a landowner who had two sons, the older son and the younger son. The younger son said to the father, father, I want my share of the estate. I don't want to wait for you to die. I just want you to give me what is mine. And so the the father said, okay, here you go. So the the son took off, went to a distant land, and he spent everything that the father had given him. And so he decided to get a job. Uh, And so um, he spends everything. There's a terrible famine. Nobody gives him anything to eat. So he goes and gets a job, and uh, it's a miserable existence. And so he says, uh, you know, I the servants in my father's estate have, have a better life than I have right now. So I'm gonna go back to my father and say, I'm very sorry, would you hire me as a servant? Would you make me like one of your hired servants, verse 19 says. So he gets up and he goes back to his father. And so while he's still far off, his father, still sitting on the front porch, sees him, sees him coming. And it says he's filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And he says to his father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father says to the servants, get, the, get a robe, a ring, kill the fatted calf, and we're going to have a feast. We're going to celebrate uh, because my son was lost, but now he's found. So they begin to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son is in the field and he comes near the house. He hears music and dancing and he says, what's going on? One of these says to one of the other servants, what's going on? Why is there singing and dancing? And it says, Well, your brother, the servant says, Your brother's come back. And your father killed the calf and uh, because he was came back safe and sound. And so the older brother becomes angry. What do you mean? What do you mean? So he refuses to go home. So the father goes out and pleads to him. He said, The older the older son says, All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed you. You never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours This son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. You kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So very interesting Bible story. Very powerful Bible story. Um, Good morning, Peggy. Great to have you with us this morning. Hope you're doing well. So there's two brothers. The story of two brothers, right? The younger brother who says to the father, you're dead to me. You are, I'm just going to pretend as if you're dead and I want my inheritance now, right? I want to live the rest of my life as if you died today. That's what I want to do. You're dead to me. And so then he goes off and he spends it all and he gets this terrible job. And, uh, and so he... He finally realizes, I need to go back home. It's, my life would be better back home. And so he starts walking back home. And you have to imagine this rehearsal that he does to himself as he's walking home, this I don't deserve forgiveness. I'm not even asking for it. I just want to be a servant. I just want to work on your estate because you treat your, the people on your estate better than I'm being treated now. And so you know, you got to imagine how many times as he's walking home, he goes through this in his mind, right? Uh, and so then the older brother has this, how can you forgive him? He doesn't deserve forgiveness. He de- this brother of mine doesn't deserve forgiveness. He hasn't been working for you like I have. He's been focused on himself while I've been focused on you. He's been focused on what he wants to do while I've been focused on what you want me to do. And I've been doing everything that you ask. And I've never even been given the smallest gift. I've never been given a small goat to have a feast with my friends. But now that he's back, now that he's back, you killed a fatted calf. The number one, the best one we have. How dare you? This isn't fair. This isn't fair. This idea that forgiveness is a gift, right? And so the older brother, the older brother thinks that he's in a position to decide who gets the gift from his father. Thinks he's in a position to decide who the father has a right to forgive. That's a scary position to be in to think that you get to decide who God can forgive, who God can forgive. So we have two brothers, one who has a difficult time asking for and receiving forgiveness and one who has a hard time giving forgiveness. Which of the two sons do you identify with more? Which of the two sons do you say, wow, that kind of sounds like me? I mean, I, I would say probably at times in our lives, we are both, right? There's times where we just don't feel like we deserve forgiveness. We have made such a big mistake and, 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 and we just feel unworthy of love. And then there's times where we feel self-righteous and we see the mistakes that others make. And we say, well, they're not, they're not worthy of forgiveness. They're not truly sorry. They've done terrible things. They are just now coming at the last minute to ask for forgiveness. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve, why do we think, why do we think that they should uh, be given any measure of forgiveness? We probably, uh, we, we probably have been both brothers at times in our lives. And then there's the father, the father who sits on the porch. I imagine the father sitting in a rocking chair, drinking lemonade, just waiting, waiting for someone who he so desperately wanted to see waiting for his son, praying that his son would one day come home. Just waiting. And when he just catches a glimpse of him, you got to imagine over the over the however long it's been that he's just been sitting on that porch and there's been times where he's, is that him? Is that him? Is that him coming down the road? And then when he sees him, he runs to him, right? He runs to him and he embraces him. And the son is ready to give this rehearsed. And he says, ah, just stop it. Just stop with your rehearsed line of what you do and don't deserve and how, whatever. Uh, well, we're not even having that conversation. We're going to grab a robe for you. Get, somebody get him a robe. Somebody get him a ring. And we're going to throw a party. Now, you've been walking a long time. Maybe you want to take a bath first. But we're going to throw you a party because I am so excited to see you because I've been waiting for you. I have been waiting for you. This is the image that we have of God and God's forgiveness for us. That, uh, But it's just just merely turning to God it's not even saying the right things it's just merely turning to God and heading in that direction God runs to us and says yes I'm so excited I've been you don't have to say the right things or do the right things or anything you just turn to me right that's another image of repentance it's just turning to God and God is so excited just turn just take one step back towards God and God says I've been waiting for this moment I'm so excited let's throw a party right Okay, another place, Jeremiah 31, verse 34. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. In both the parable and our lives, we see examples of conflict, reconciliation, and prodigal behavior. Prodigal actually means extravagant, right? Extravagant love allows for reconciliation and forgiveness, even when that love is not initially understood or received. Extravagant love, God's love for us, even chooses to forget, chooses to forget. Forgiveness is a gift that God gives. And when God forgives, God forgets. I gave a sermon a couple of years ago referring to God as the great forgetter. Because God chooses to say, I am letting go of the anger and the pain of the memory of the things that you've done. I am letting go. I am forgetting. I don't need to remember it. I don't need to remember it. I'm not interested in remembering your mistakes. I am interested in remembering how much I love you. The question is, though, when we give the gift of forgiveness to someone else, when we choose to forgive someone, do we need to forget what happened to them? Or I'm sorry, do we need to forget what they did? What they did to us. Do we need to forget what happened to us? I would say no. No, we don't need to forget. We don't need to forget what they've done to us. We can choose to forget, right? We can move on and say, oh, just pretend it didn't happen. Or, We're better friends for it or you know, whatever we say, whatever cliche we say. But we don't have to forget. You're not called to forget when somebody hurts you. Do we need to continue the relationship in the way that God continues a relationship with us? No. You can forgive somebody and, and not continue your relationship. You basically what you're saying when you forgive someone is I hold no ill will towards you, I don't want anything bad to happen to you, I'm not angry with you anymore. But we're not going to be friends. We're not going to be friends. It's it, uh, you know it, we don't uh, because again forgiveness is as much about letting go of the baggage that we have. We don't need to be friends. I mean you can love them as your neighbor, right? Without actually having to be friends with them. There are, there are appropriate times in life to say goodbye to people, right? If people are going to continue to lie to you or continue to do things that hurt you, uh, you can say, I no longer want to be near you. I don't need to be in relationship with you. That's okay. You know, as a matter of fact, we can forgive without even telling people. We can forgive people who have died because again, forgiveness, the gift of forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves. It's something we do for ourselves to let go of the pain that someone else has caused, to let go of the hurt that we've been carrying around. We don't need to tell them necessarily, although I would say it's a good practice too. It's cathartic. It's it's part of a pro- healing process. I I gave a sermon once many years ago at my home congregation, and, and I got an email the next day from a member of the church who I didn't even really know, and she said that the, for the first time in her life she is considered... Uh, Forgiving her mother, who died many, many years ago, and and I was I was just profound. I, I was dumbfounded at at the power of 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 forgiveness. How how we can carry around pain and suffering from something that has happened so long ago, and as we go through life, as we decide to let go a little bit at a time, as we work towards letting go, how our lives can change. How our lives and our attitude and the way that we enter into relationships and show love with one another, how that can change. The power of that. Um, sometimes there are good reasons not to return to relationships. Um, sometimes there are good reasons uh, to, to say goodbye to people, but there's never a good reason to hold on to anger and frustration. There's never a good reason um, to, uh, to not forgive. There's never a good, t- a good reason to hold on to the baggage that we have. I would say one of the things we should all look for in life, though, is reasons to restore relationships because God, the, the work of God is restoration and reconciliation and making peace with one another. And um, I think right now in our country, right now is a good time to work towards making peace with one another, trying to figure out reasons and, and uh, to, to be uh, in relationship with people, especially those who we disagree with especially those who we disagree with. If we choose to only be around people we agree with, we are not living out the Great Commission, plain and simple. And so uh, I think there's uh, now is a good time for us all to figure out ways to, uh, uh, to, to be in relationship with those who we disagree with. So forgiveness, forgiveness, uh, kind of just recap here. Forgiveness is not about forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves. It's not so much about letting people off the hook as it is about letting go of the baggage that we carry around. And when we look at the the radical ways in which God forgives us, the ways in which God looks to forgive us, the, the joy that forgiveness gives God, I think we can look and see that the power of forgiveness and how that forgiveness in our own lives can uh, can help us move beyond some of the pain and some of the anger that we carry around uh, and help us have more meaningful and deeper relationships. So, we will stop there. Good morning, Karen and Elsie. Great to have you both jumping in. Uh, hope uh, hope you're doing well. If you joined late, you'll be able to catch up here in a moment. And uh, this will be posted on the Grace Abides podcast uh, uh, later today. So thanks so much, everyone, for joining me. And we'll close with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your extravagant love, for the ways in which you forgive us, for the ways in which you love us. We know we are unworthy of the gift that you give us, and we are grateful for it. Help us to forgive others so that our lives may be filled with joy, so that our lives may be filled with peace, so that we can let go of the pain and anger that we carry around, uh, and so that we can um, reconcile some relationships, but also help us to discern which relationships to hold on to and which ones to let go of. We uh, ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining me, and I will see you on Thursday. Take care.